Well, if you want to do some case briefing, you want to be an RA for me, I can, I can give you some. <laughs> I love case briefing. Sure, yeah. Like, I'm actually going to hold you to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really miss it, dude. Spent my whole morning case briefing. <laughs> Don't worry. It'll come back in your upper years. Yeah, that's right. Welcome to What's Law Got to Do With It? A lighthearted look at life in law school. I'm Professor Richard Haig. And I'm 3L law student Felicity Rodan. Felicity, how are you today? Good. I feel like I really just slurred that whole introduction though, so maybe downhill from here. <laughs> yeah, well, and I also, I had a slightly different cadence too, mm. didn't I? I don't know. I've not been feeling well, and you know that, so I, but I won't, I won't belabor the point with the viewer or the listeners, but I, yeah, I've been unwell, so I'm just, just happy to be alive today happy to be here what's what my you? excuse then for messing <laughs> sympathy slurring i don't yeah why not why not you should feel <laughs> you should be happy that i'm alive <laughs> are you ecstatic oh okay good that sounded sarcastic but truly i am no no i got i didn't i heard no sarcasm till you mentioned it hmm. uh so we are we have a returning guests uh today or this <laughs> now, whenever this comes out. Uh, we've had them on the show before. Rafida and Emily, uh, we won't go through all of the formalities. I'll just mention that both Rafida and Emily were students of mine who complained about my criminal law exam. If you missed that episode, you can catch up. <laughs> uh, never have I felt so terrible in my whole life when I found out that my exam put them both on horizontal <laughs> on the floor uh anyway so we have to carry on not where we left off necessarily but uh, there was such such a good rapport i thought we'd uh, continue our conversation in this episode so because one of the things so we were supposed to get into you know your first term first year how it was and we did get into a little bit of that and then but one of the things to i think i would be interested in is how do you find your second term and compare it to the first term and uh, what's happening right now? So we'll start with Emily this time. Sure. Well, Rafaida and I talked about this quite a bit, but we feel that we were, I think we went into second semester really excited and ready to implement all of the study tools and note-taking tips that we've learned from first semester. And we kind of quickly realized as soon as courses started that professors are all quite different with the way that they teach and the way that they teach then implement or affects how you should take notes and how you approach readings and et cetera, et cetera. And we feel like that could be probably part of just the nature of what the courses are. Um, we found that like this semester, it's a bit more theoretical, focusing on that aspect and less like structured case briefs, which is now we've come to love structured case briefs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes so um definitely missing that so but it, it is yeah I think that the an important takeaway from first semester that I learned now being in second semester is just that they're not it's not the same and yet that you can implement a lot of the things that you learn in first semester but also every course is different and you kind of have to just learn and adapt as it goes is that the same for you Rafida? a hundred percent it's a uh... It's different. Um, I can't believe I 
um, saying this, but I really missed like case briefing. Like I was like, like, yes, like I want to brief this case. Like, let me brief this case. Um, but uh, no, it hasn't been like that. It's been, it's been a lot more theoretical, which is also, um, you know, nice um, to like, kind of get uh, that aspect as well. Um, it's definitely a lot more, I think. And this might be like me shooting myself in my foot, but um, I find that like, um, I think lot like Osgood was trying to like accommodate us by like maybe breaking up, breaking up the 100% exams into like smaller assignments. But sometimes like it can get to the point where it's like, there are too many there are too many small assignments like we need like where do we like focus like our readings or like the assignments or like it's it's like it's more like undergrad which um which is different and again like Emily and I got used to one way of learning um you know like for crim for example like we had smaller assignments but I think that they were really instructive um you know in um for the final exam because otherwise we would kind of be going in not knowing like what a fact pattern was so that was that was really helpful um but like, yeah, like it's it's definitely oriented differently. Um, and we're still like it's February and we're we're still trying to get a good um a hand a good handle on that. So well, still early days, maybe that's part of it, right? Yeah. Well, if you want to do some case briefing, you want to be an RA for me, I can I can give you some case briefing. <laughs> I love case briefing. Sure, yeah. Like I'm actually gonna hold you to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You really miss it, dude. You could help out. So Felicity's on a moot team. I'm sure they need case briefing. Uh, Spent my whole morning case briefing. <laughs> Don't worry, it'll come back in your upper years. Yeah, that's right. It will. It does not go away. Do you have and you have moots, don't you, in uh, the winter term? Again, this is an Osgood thing, but I think most law schools have moots at some point in first year. Yeah, it's actually. I mean, I guess harping on the fact that Rafid and I apparently do everything together we're actually lp moot partners <laughs> um did you get to choose each other or was it random you got you got to choose your partner oh, okay well, yeah so we both kind of bonded over our fear of public speaking and uh, lack of experience in mooting in general but we both just we both really want the like we wanted the experience of mooting i was told before going into law school do at least one moot force yourself to do it even if you don't want to like you might surprise yourself so this is our one experience and um we're excited nervous i mean it's at least low stake which is nice um but it, I, we're scared I, yeah. Of course, I raised that question because Felicity is a mooter. She loves mooting. So I thought oh, I'll, get, I'll get her to sell you on the benefits of the idea of mooting. And just to back up a little for some context, any listeners who are not Osgood folk, um, the LP moot that we're talking about is uh, part of our like legal research class. And it's like the one mandatory moot um, in first year. It's like the only one that's actually part of a class the other ones are all optional um but it is pass fail so i i literally just yesterday spoke to somebody who was starting at osgood next year and was mortified because she hates public speaking and like does not want to be a litigator and was like i don't know what like is there is this is there a place for me and so i was like no you'll never have to do it and completely forgot to tell her that there is this mandatory <laughs> next year so at least it's pass fail is all i can say yeah, yeah, I mean, if it failed, that would be really, really disappointing. But also, like, I will say that 
like she might be pleasantly surprised because um, in a tutorial like a couple of weeks ago, we were kind of forced to like a group kind of threw us under the bus and was like, okay, like you have to like do the practice moot. So we were like put on the spot, but um, I think we both found that it was a really, really fun experience because it's like, I kind of like the way my voice sounds and like maybe, <laughs> like, no, I'm just joking. But, um, but um, yeah, like it can, it's, it's like when you take a step back, like during, during the, the moot, you can find that like, it's, um, it's really, really fun. So, yeah. yeah. I feel like there was almost a feeling of like, just you like being like high, like hopped up, like euphoric almost after we finished, like we called each other and we were like, oh my gosh, we could actually do it. Like, what? <laughs> it's really exciting. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. I, it's like uh, it's like saying you don't like a food and you've never tried it. It seems odd to me that people say that about mooting without actually doing Because it is not really, I mean, there's an element of public speaking, but it is not at all the same as public speaking. It's more like this, right? A conversation sometimes with the judge. And, uh, mm -hmm. So. Is that how you feel about teaching too, Richard? That like, so you feel like nervous when you're going in, but then when you're doing it, <laughs> euphoric that you get to shape young minds. I, I, uh, I wish, I wish it was euphoric. It, I love teaching actually. I don't know. I, yeah, there's a dopamine that I get from it. I don't know if it's euphoria. That's putting it a bit high, but uh, <laughs> you know what? It, it, the worst is, so for me, 90% of the time I'll, come out of a classroom feeling pretty good, feeling like you just did with your moots. But then there's one class out of every 20 where I just think, oh, I was not, I was, I was not on, the class was not on, it was, it was, it was awful. And it, and those ones seem to take about three times longer as well. So they stay in your memory longer. <laughs> that was our section though, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I had any of those this year with you. I taught another course with at the same time. So it might've been my other course this year. I loved my class. Even if my exam was a nightmare, I loved my class. Honestly, <laughs> it wasn't a nightmare. It was just me. Like it was a me issue. So we won't, we won't revisit that. I, 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 I'd have to do too much editing to get the context of that. So I have another question for you too, and then, <clears throat> then I'll let Felicity also ask a couple. But I, one of the things I thought you could help is, well, what would you say to somebody who wants to come to law school? Not necessarily Osgood, just law school in general. What's your one or two pieces of advice for a, a prospective student that you think would really help them? And I hope it'll be new advice. So I'll cut you off if I don't get something new from you. Because <laughs> we have asked this question once or twice before. So um, I yeah. could go first, Emily, if, if you need some more time to. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah um, I've actually thought about this because some of my friends have reached out to me because they're writing the LSAT. And the main thing that I've told them is that, look, law school is a huge investment you have to be sure that this is what you want to do. And I know that that's kind of like, it's difficult advice because how do you know that law is what you want to do until you're in law school? Um, but I have like, I have told them over and over again, like if it's like, it's a demanding profession, it's high stakes, high responsibility, high stress. And I think at the end of the day, you kind of have to ask yourself, is this the lifestyle? I want and is this kind of like what I'm signing up for and I think that you have to 
you have to know that like law is this demanding profession not always but a, a lot of the times and it um you know a lot of people depend on you so it's it's got to be something that you um really really want to do and not just to mention like besides like the responsibility part it's also very expensive and um it's uh it can uh, if it's something you don't enjoy or if it's something like you you can't see yourself doing um don't pursue it that's a that's a that is a very good piece of advice but as you say the difficulty is knowing yeah i have to yeah i think i think if people are really thinking oh i'm going to law school because my parents told me to or because it just i've got nothing else to do then you really should you know question yourself a bit more deeply than that if that's the reason my view did you ever read any of those books did they have a did they, did Os, did osgood prescribe a book in summer beforehand like introduction yes. to law or was it hutch's book or which yeah, yeah if you read that and you think this is awful then <laughs> <laughs> maybe it is not for you the one thing I will add to that, though, is that it's like you have to either want to be a lawyer or just like have a genuine interest in the law, because I think there are careers that are not like you do not have to be a lawyer if you go to law school. And there's like lots of but I think like the last if you don't want to be a lawyer and you don't find the law like intellectually interesting, you're going to spend a, a miserable and expensive three years. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, they, the factoring in the cost these days is important because I, I will tell you this little anecdote. My partner and I met at law school and she she is one of the types. She she got the book in advance in the summer that the law school prescribed for us. It wasn't much Hutch's, it was a different book, but she took it down to a park in Halifax two days before school started and she read it and she said, this is, she, she did say, this is awful. I have zero interest in this. And then, and proceeded to go through two and a half years of law school basically hating it and me trying to convince her to, to stick with it all along she loved her last term she took a clinic in her last term and said and actually now I'm doing actual stuff that I like this is why I came to law school I get to help people and she loved it and it, it changed her whole view but it was a struggle for sure for those two and a half years and and we are you know our costs weren't so high so I think if if I were in law school with my with Charlotte today and it was the cost that it is I probably would have said you better you better quit because <laughs> <laughs> here uh, anyway so that was mine all right Emily you had all kinds of time to prepare now for that and for an answer that's good yeah I actually think mine well I have two of tips that I would give. I think the first one, it's kind of related to Rafida's, but I would say that you will find that there are people that get into law school that are like, I'm going to become a Supreme Court judge and that's my goal. And I know exactly how I'm going to get there. Or like, I'm going to be a corporate lawyer on Bay Street working at Blake's and whatever. And they, like, there's, they, they do exist out there, these people that know exactly what path and exactly what career they're going to end up as. But I really feel like the majority of people are still working it through and trying to figure out um, what areas of law that they want to pursue or their end career goal. I feel like I definitely fall into that category. And going into law school, I was really concerned that I had no idea. Like I knew that I wanted to pursue the law, but I didn't know what area or really what that meant. And I think through speaking to a lot of upper years, 
like some even some third year that don't know what area of law they're they're gonna practice <laughs> or they have article inquisitions and still don't know. So I feel like that's a good it's a good piece of advice to just remember that the enjoy the process of law school and like really if you don't know what area of law you want to practice, that's totally okay. And the best way to try to figure that out is probably just through speaking to a bunch of people in all areas of law and going to those panel talks. That would be, that, that's at least helped me kind of hone in on what I don't like or what I, I feel like it's easier to pick out what you don't enjoy than what you do. Yeah. Um, and then my second Hold piece it. is- Wait. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, just, uh, no, that was good because you gave us the first one. So I was just going to say, we have heard somewhat similar uh, advice from people, but I let you go there because you, you described it so well. I love the first part. The person that comes into law school saying, I want to, I'll be a Supreme Court of Canada judge. Is yeah. just, you you kind of have to admire, but laugh at them because they don't understand that the chances are almost non-existent that you can accomplish that goal. But it's, you know, but, but I agree that it's, uh, a lot of people I think think they know what they want and yet really if you again when they realize it maybe they don't know what they want and uh, you, so it's and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that as Felicity put her hand up viewers wouldn't know this or listeners wouldn't know this but she, when, when you said you know people don't know what they want even in third year well it's <laughs> totally fine I, I knew a, a, a student that I taught in my my very no it was my second year of teaching and I ended up working with him. He came to Osgood and worked at the Osgood Professional Center in about his, after 10 years, I guess, of being out of, of being called to the bar. And he still didn't know what he wanted to do, which is why he was kind of floundering around doing different things every two years. So, uh, but it still opens up a lot of doors. Law, your legal education is actually, you know, very transferable to other things. Advice number two, Emily. Yeah, so my second piece of advice would be something that I wish someone told me going into law school. But essentially, I would go around to different upper years that I knew at Osgood and ask them what their best study technique was for an exam. Like what worked for them? What did they do? Um, and from speaking to them, I kind of realized that some of the things that they would suggest, such as don't touch the readings. You don't need to touch the readings. You'll be fine. I got an A in all my courses and I didn't touch any reading. Um, while it worked for them, it doesn't always work for you. <laughs> um, I quickly realized that following their advice did not work for me at all. Um, so I had to change that early on in the semester of last year. So I, would, I think the advice would be, it is helpful to speak to upper years and hear their studying techniques and try to implement them. But also you have to try to create your own techniques too and not just hear that someone got an A in a course and mimic exactly what they did because it might not work for you. And it also might not work for the cross teaching style or something like that. So I think that would be a great piece of advice. Don't just listen to people that get A's and do exactly what they do. Well, yeah, or that's... <laughs> That's very, very good. I think that, you know, you, you should canvas, the more people you canvas, the better, right? You're gonna get a cross section of ideas. But I do, you know, I, again, we talked in our previous episode about uh, how upper years are usually very free with their time. And, and so advice giving is important, but you're right. You just have to be, yeah, just be careful with that advice or 
Felicity, I think it's advice. Yeah, I'll give you all the advice you want. Um, but I don't know if it's worth anything. And I think that's the funny, it's like totally true. I remember going to like a summary building session in first year and it was exactly that. There was like a panel upper years that were supposed to be telling us how to do it. And it's so frustrating because all they say is like, this is how I do it, but like you have to figure it out. And I'm like, dude, that's what I'm here to do. <laughs> I don't know how to figure it out without just doing it. And I think it's like, that's just it. Like you just have to do it. And like, if you mess it up, you'll just do it differently next time. And <laughs> like, that's fine. Yeah. A lot of yeah. trial and error for sure. Mm -hmm. I think it's partly because people, all they can ever say is how they did it. And they don't really know some of the time how, why they were successful or why they were not it's so you how can you impart knowledge when you don't have it yourself that's I, part of it i think is true well my one imparting of knowledge is always do the practice exams <laughs> always i love them not everyone loves them but i, I find them very helpful yeah. i always say that to students don't i didn't i you too i told you to do practice exams so. you did <laughs> no go ahead felicity I have then a, follow, a related follow-up question that I think, well, Richard's gonna soon tell me that we're almost at time and that we have to end on a high note as he always does. And so I would like uh, our last question, if it's in fact the last question to be, okay, we've done good advice. Now, what is like the worst advice you've ever gotten? And we can make fun of the people who gave it to you. <laughs> no, it's good because then you can then also make sure people reject that kind of advice if they get it in the future, so. I mean, I, I can go. Yep. Um, I think that the worst advice that I've received so far in law school was you do not need to attend any lectures because they're recorded. And you should just, you, as long as you just save a week before exams and watch them all back. I, I am really, really curious to know who's who is advising you, Emily. That I cannot. I, I will not disclose <laughs> no, that. That's no, confidential. Of course, of course <laughs> but I. No, um, I thought that it was it was interesting because I actually got that advice from two separate people. Oh. Um, and I personally do not think you should go with that advice, though it does work for you know the anomaly out there. I think for the general public, go to class <laughs> and don't leave it till right before the exams. Yeah, yeah, I, that seemed one. I would you, you gotta you gotta think if you're told that. I'll take that with a grain of salt. Actually, I, <laughs> yeah. all right. That so person's that, trying to watch the world burn. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one, though. That's that's definitely near the top of the bottom, if you will. <laughs> Rafida. Um, mine is really similar, although, so, okay, so I was talking to a 3L who actually um, went to a different school, and now he's articling, and I was just telling him about how, like, dense the readings were, and how I was, like, having a hard time, like, getting through it, and his response was, wait, you're doing the readings, and I was like, were you not a law student? Like, is that not, like, half your job? Um, and he was like, oh, like, don't do the readings, like, just get like a summary, like uh, a summary from like an upper year student and uh, build off of that. And uh, I listened to my inner um, sober second thought. And I was like, this seems like not great advice. <laughs> so I'm not going to do this. And um, yeah, like I didn't really, I didn't pay heed to it, but that was probably the worst advice I've gotten about law school. Um, definitely 
summaries are useful, but um, I think a lot of the learning happens when you do it yourself and when you work through the readings yourself. So yeah, <laughs> like. I think also a good thing to pull from that is if anyone gives you any advice that starts with a tone, oh, you're doing that, ignore them, they're a dick. <laughs> Just forget it. Yeah. I am always shocked and amazed as a prof that this stuff goes on. It's always good for me to hear that it's happening out there. Uh, <laughs> just, yeah. I, I'm convinced that people that say that uh, did poorly, but they just want to try. Like, you, you don't know how they did, right? They just say, oh, don't read. You don't do your readings. I, I managed. I did well. How do, how do I mean, you I don't read every case, but I wouldn't tell other people not to do. Like, <laughs> it works for me. I read head notes. Yeah. And when it's important, I read the cases. But like, it takes a while to figure out which cases to read. Mm -hmm. And so like, I would never tell a one out, oh, you're doing it that way. <laughs> Just ignore that person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, it's true. And of course, it it morphs as you go along. And it's, mm -hmm. it's very different. Now you ask a practitioners, the last time of even a you know, even a Supreme Court of Canada litigator has read the full text of a case is probably pretty rare. They will just read head notes or they read parts of a case because it's all it's, that matters. Uh, but you don't, you have to develop that. You can't just start off in year one yeah. with that in mind. That counts as a good way to end, even though you were at, the question was pointed in the, the a bad direction, but it turned out good, right? Is that what you were getting at? Yes. That's what I was going for. <laughs> yeah. A skilled hostess, if you will. Uh, I give her too okay. much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before Richard says anything mean, we got to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. She's going to make herself indispensable, but then she's going to leave me, so I don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks again, both you, Rafida, Emily. It was great having you on for a second time. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, for a second time. <laughs> as, I, as I've said to many of the students from the pandemic year, I, I sure hope that we'll meet face to face sometime. That may be a while still. All right, take care. Bye bye. 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 Ooh,